0: Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. That's so powerful. The victor unveiled. God had to unveil Jesus because what Jesus did and who he was and, and the sacrifice that he made was really hidden from us. I mean, if you were, I know we're here today 2,000 years this side of it, but if you were there in that time, you would have been a part of a whole different crowd because that crowd was the ones who welcomed him uh, at, the, at the Passover on that Sunday as he entered into Jerusalem, that Passover, or I'm sorry, that, uh, the Palm Sunday, we call it when they, they put the palm branches out and they welcomed him. And it says they rejoiced greatly. They, re, they, they rejoiced loudly. They, Hosanna to the king. But what they were worshiping and what they were looking for was a political deliverer. They were looking for someone to set them free from Roman rule and Roman, uh, Roman tyranny. And the Jews were in bondage to a government that had oppressed them and were oppressing them and were taking advantage of them, who had invaded their city, and they were under the tight control of of an intruding government called the Roman Empire. And so Jesus in their in their lens what they were looking for was someone to set them free from Roman rule. But what Jesus came to do was veiled. It was it, it was not it was he he was not there. To concern himself with Rome or Rome's t- tyranny. And in his coming, in his life, and in, in his ministry, what we see is that, that God kind of hid the plan. He hid himself because this is the very nature of God, that God often hides himself in what he's doing. I want to submit to you today that Many of you are sitting here today and God is at work in your life and you simply don't know it because it's veiled. It's hidden from you. Many of you see the circumstances and the things in and around your life, but you do not see God working through those things to come into your life. I know I was there. I was there at a time in my life when when my addictions and my bondages were ruling the day. My life was being held as a servant. I thought I was doing my own thing, but deep down in my heart, I knew I was being held captive to the to the very things that were destroying me and in my emptiness and in my in my in my vanity. I looked up to God, and I looked out, and I said, God, there's got to be something more to this. I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it because I had no knowledge. I just knew there had to be something more, and I thought what I would do was go after God, but what I didn't realize was God was already after me. He was already in veiled references, veiled ways coming after me. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. And in, if you turn in this, we're going to use Proverbs 25, uh, verse 2. It says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. See, that God hides things. God does conceal things. He hides things. But he doesn't hide them from you. He hides them for you. It's like if you if you've, ever, if you've had children... When you're playing hide-and-seek, how many of you ever played hide-and-seek with your little kids? You don't really go to a lot of trouble to hide from them, you're hiding for them because the joy of hide-and-seek is when, you, when they find you and you sweep them up and, and you laugh and you, and you get the giggles and, and, and because they have found you, but you, weren't, you were hiding right in the open. Can I submit to you today that God is hiding right out in the open? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. See, wherever you're at in this world, wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in your, in your course, are you searching out? Are you reaching out? Are you looking out and saying, God, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. I, 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 I don't understand everything, but I know, God, that you conceal this, and so where are you in this? Because that makes the difference. As we look at this, I want to I want to show you how Jesus came and was veiled in His coming. We see it in His birth. His birth, even though it was proclaimed by angels, people didn't understand Jesus' coming. I mean, if I was going to bring Jesus on the scene, I would not have brought Him into a manger. I would not have brought Him into a poor family. I would not have brought Him through through. Uh, Bethlehem. I would have not have brought him the way that God did, but God concealed him in this way, and his birth, proclaimed by angels, was still hidden from people. Not only was his birth veiled, but his life was veiled. Even though he lived his life in openness and transparency, even though we don't really know a whole lot between his birth. And the launching of his public ministry. We know that he lived for one reason. To be about his father's business. And so people didn't understand that either. Even his own mom and dad didn't understand that. Remember when they found him one day after they'd walked halfway home to Jerusalem after the feast. And they they had to double back because they they got on the road. And they said, where's Jesus? And and I could just hear Mary saying, well, I thought you had him. And Joseph said, well, I thought you had him. And you ever done that? That happens all the time here at church. Husband and wife come in two different cars. Little kids get left here. I hold them hostage. I get a phone call. Hey, I got home and 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 somebody said, you know, where's I'm not gonna call names because they're here and I'll embarrass them. And I, I said, yeah, they're, they're here at church. They're waiting on their mom and dad who abandoned them. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How would you like to be the mom and dad that, uh, that, that forgot Jesus? You lost Jesus. And they ran back and they found him in the temple. And, and Mary's having a fit, like every good mother would. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why did you do why, why didn't you stay with us? And he said, Didn't you know? I must be about my father's business. See, that was even veiled to her that that, that she didn't even think about it. And, and, and look at all the frustration and stuff she went through, and she had to go back and find Jesus. Can I can I just tell you something here this morning? Some of you need to stop because you have, you have went on without Jesus. I ain't come to make you mad this morning. But some of you are so frustrated, you're in fear, you're in anxiety because you realize what's happened, what's going on, and you need to stop and go back and find Jesus where you left him. Say amen, somebody. Amen. And so Jesus was veiled in his ministry even. P- Listen, Jesus had a public ministry where he healed sick people. He, he, he did miraculous things. He fed thousands of people with a boy's lunch. This gives me great hope. Remember, because the disciples go, what are we going to do with all these people? There was like 5,000 men. That's what the Bible says, 5,000 men. So you know where there's 5,000 men, there's at least 6,000 women. And where there's 5,000 men and 6,000 women, usually there's 10,000 kids. Say amen, somebody. And so, and so they look out and they go, what are, what are, what are we going to do? Send them away, Jesus. And Jesus said, they don't need to leave. Let's feed them. This is how Jesus operated. Let's do something. And, and they go, well, Je- but Jesus, you know, the drive throughs closed. And all we got here is a little boy's lunch. Five loaves and two little fishes. Jesus said, this is going to be awesome. Sit down. And he had them all sit down. And then he took the five loaves. He took the little boy's lunch. Aren't you glad that little children are willingly give up? They're a lot smarter than a lot of us adults. Here, Jesus, it's just five loaves and two fishes. My mama gave it to me. But if you need it, Jesus, it's all yours. They didn't argue with him. He put it in Jesus' hands. The Bible says Jesus took it. He blessed it. Come on. See, when Jesus takes something up in his hand, he starts blessing it i want to tell you something today. You didn't get here by accident. You got here today because Jesus wanted to get in touch with you and let you know, I want to bless you. He blessed it, and then he broke it, and then he just began to pass it out to the disciples. And by the time they got done, everybody ate. Everybody ate. And when they all got done, they picked up 12 more baskets than they started with, so the disciples each had a basket to take home with them. Because Jesus, that's how he does things. I want to tell you something, people. A lot of you are looking at your life and you're like, I don't know what I have to give to Jesus. What do I have to give to Jesus? It's not what you have to give to Jesus. It's are you going to put it in his hands? Because it's not how big it is. It's the fact that once you put it in his hands, it will go way beyond what you ever asked, thought, or imagined. Listen. Listen. It's not the size of your lunch; it's whose hands you put it in. And so Jesus was veiled. They, they, listen, all those people ate that lunch were some of the same people that later would cry out, "Crucify him!" Jesus spoke to them in John. He said, "Y'all ate this bread, and y'all ate, and, and you're only here because you got you only here because you got lunch." But there's some who came for something more. See, if you weren't looking for something more, you you could miss Jesus' whole ministry and think that it was just about miracles and signs and wonders. Is Jesus' ministry full of miracles, signs, and wonders? Yes. But you are the miracle, the sign, and the wonder that he's after. You are the miracle and the sign and the wonder that he's after. And many times God is working in a veiled way in your life. And the reason he wants to touch you is because in that touch he wants you to wake up and realize I need more than just lunch. I need the bread of heaven. And and when Jesus starts ministering to you that way, it starts opening up your eyes to the depths and the realities of God that somehow are blinded to us. Do you know you can get blessings and never get it? Do you know Israel had miracles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and didn't get it? I was hoping for a little more amen than that, but come on, it's my birthday. Somebody amen me. I know it was yesterday, but I got to milk it for all it's worth. I don't want any sympathy amens. I want, listen, Jesus, a lot of what he's doing in our life is way deeper than what we understand. It's way, way more than what we can wrap our heads around. So all of this, all of this was about his life was just so we would get it. And yet many saw the miracles. Many saw his life. They saw his his upbringing. They saw him, and they just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. In a group this size this morning, there are some of you sitting here. My prayer is for you that today God would open your eyes so you would get it. You're stumbling over something right in front of you. And his name is Jesus. You've been through so much and you still don't get it. Wow, that was really quiet. (laughs) Thank you. Do you realize all that you've been through? All that you've walked through, all the experiences of your life, Jesus is behind the veil waiting for you to get it. He wants to step. Listen, he's he's not the one who's blind. He's not wearing the veil. When you saw the video, the world thought it was him. They thought it was his problem. They thought, here, I want to read to you some verses. If you, this is from the message. It's out of Isaiah 53. I just love how it, I, I, I know you, I have this memorized in the King James Version. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. But I want to read it to you in the message This morning, and and, you know, and I know people have people have all kinds of issues sometimes with translations and and everything. And can I tell you what the best translation of the Bible is? You are. (laughs) So don't give me all that. I want to read what Paul wrote. He wrote the King James. Here's from the message: Who believes? What we've heard and seen. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Now think about that question. When you look at Jesus on Friday, the Friday of his crucifixion, the Friday when he was taken through mock trials, ridiculed, spit on, rejected, Beaten with 39 stripes. A crown of thorns pressed into his head. Nails driven in his hands and feet. Lifted between heaven and earth on a cross. An agonizing, torturous way to die. Who would have thought God's power looked like this? Who would believe what we've seen and what we've heard and who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Here's what it goes on to say. The servant, Jesus, the servant, grew up before God a scrawny seedling. Wow, that's almost like a a slap in the face, isn't it? He's talking about Jesus, the one whom we just sang. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name. He says he grew up before God a scrawny seedling. Why? Because he was veiled. It was was something people couldn't see. They couldn't appreciate how he had to look like us. He had to identify with us. Pastor Mike, are you calling me scrawny? Yes. Yes. A, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. Don't you feel like that's the world sometimes? You're like a scrubby plant. You know what a, what, what I call a scrubby plant? How many remember the old westerns when those bushes used to just roll? Tum, tumbleweed, that's it. And they, the wind would just blow tumbleweed because they have no root system. And there was such dryness and... And the tumbleweed would just roll across the plain because it it, it was a scrubby plant in a parched field. How many of you ever found life to be like that? Come on, help me here this morning. He says there was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. Nothing would cause us to take a second look. There was no physical appeal. There was nothing about his personality or charisma that would draw us. It was about who he was as a a man. It says there was nothing attractive about him. Nothing to cause us to take a second look. He's talking about Jesus. He was looked down on and passed over. That was the nature of his life. Here he was, a man, as Pastor Kyle has so well put it, he had no sin. He had no fault. He had no guilt. He had no condemnation. He had no, no worst of him at all. The worst of him was non existent, it was only good. And yet he was passed over a man who suffered and knew pain firsthand. You know who he's describing? You know who's really talking about here? He's talking about us. And how Jesus had to identify with us. How we've been looked down on, passed over. Um, we've suffered. We've known pain firsthand. We've experienced and tasted the suffering of life, and life has handed handed us at times a difficult thing to swallow. But he's trying to tell you that this is how Jesus came. Many people picture Jesus in his splendor. But before there was splendor, there was this. Let's go on a little further. You still with me? One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us, that's what, on Friday, that's what came on Jesus. All of our disfigurement, all of our sin, all of our failure came down on him. The sorrow of it was more than he could bear. The pain of it was more than he could endure. Jesus took all of that on himself on that Friday. And even on the cross, when it turned dark and, and the father turned his back on his own son because he couldn't look at, he couldn't look at that. Jesus was made an offering for sin. Why would he do all that? Why was that all going on? And the, and people at the foot of the cross laughed and they said, look at, if you're the king of the Jews, come down. They gambled over his garments. They, 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 they spit on him. They never stopped. Until that moment when Jesus uttered his last words between heaven and earth. And he said, it is finished. And See, even then the, the veil was over their eyes and they're like, okay, so now what? Well, it's over. They were going to go through and break his legs, but the Bible prophesied that not one of his bones would be broken. Because the cross ultimately was a death by suffocation. You would suffocate in that that posture. And your lungs would collapse and you would die. The cause of death would be suffocation. So if they were on the cross too long, they would break their legs. Because if they could push up off the bottom, it would give them the ability to breathe. But when they came to Jesus, he was already gone. And they did not break his legs. They didn't need to. It was finished. And so they took him off the cross. He, he carried our pain, our disfigurement, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was for our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. It was our sins. Everybody say our sins better yet say it was my sin. my sin. See that was my sin. That was the worst of me that came onto him so the best of him could come onto me. The world didn't see that. They took him off the cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. He he didn't have a tomb. He didn't own a tomb. He didn't own anything. But here's the cool thing. You know why, you know why he could, they could put him in a borrowed tomb? He's only going to need it a couple of days. They laid him in a tomb on that Friday, right before the Sabbath. Remember, Friday is the day of pain. It's the day of death. Saturday is the day of sorrow, confusion, doubt, and fear. Are you going to go through some Fridays in your life? Probably. Are you going to experience some Saturdays? Yes. But here's the good news today. Here's the gospel. Here's why we're here this morning. It's because of Sunday. Because on Sunday, on Sunday, the stone was rolled away. On Sunday, God wiped out all the pain and the hurt and the suffering of Friday. He answered all the questions and all the uh, the doubts and the fears of Saturday. When the stone was rolled away, God showed up in that place and he said, Jesus, you're back. And Jesus, better than old Arnold Schwarzenegger, rose up and said, I'm back. You see, he did all that too. It was veiled. People didn't get it. I want to I I close with something here today about the life of, uh, l- let me just finish this. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We are all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. He was beaten, tortured, but he didn't say a word Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? That's my question for you this morning. Do you really know what has happened? Do you really know what's going on in your life? Do you really have any idea what God has done for you in Jesus? Jesus. Do you understand the love of God that passes all knowledge? And how God's ordained for you a life that's much better than what you've ever known or experienced up to this point. You may be here this morning and your life is racked with pain. Your life is marked by, by discouragement and by, by, by the hurts and, and, the, and the sorrows that you have carried. And you came to this place maybe unbeknownst just at an invitation of someone. You didn't know how or why you even came. But you're here. And I want you to know it wasn't by accident, but it was by the ordained plan of God that God would lead you because God's trying to rip the veil off of your eyes today. And if you don't hear anything else, this preacher or what we say here today, I want you to know God did it all for you, that he would open your eyes and open your heart to what he has done for you, what he will do in you, and what he's about to do through you when you let the resurrection power of Jesus rise up and bring you out of your your death and your darkness and all of your despair and Jesus is going to set you up and he's going to fill you up and he's going to take you up and he's going to move you up because that's his plan for your life. Now think about this. In John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene, a woman whom Jesus had cast demons out of, A woman who had turned from demonic and a life that had been so bruised and battered and used and abused turns into one of Jesus' greatest followers. She arrives, the Bible says in John 20, she got there while it was still dark on that Sunday morning. And when she got to the tomb, it says the stone was rolled away, and she looked in and she saw angels. But the body of Jesus was gone. She goes back and tells Peter and John that they've moved the body of Jesus. They all run back. Peter and John look in. They're still confused. They're still not quite sure. But they feel like there's something happened here. Something's going on. Maybe what Jesus was talking about is really happening. And they took off to go back to, the, to, their, to their friends. Mary stayed back. And there was a man in the tomb. She, the Bible says she's supposing it was the gardener. She did not know it was Jesus because the Bible says her eyes had not been opened, she was still wearing the veil. The victor was standing right in front of her. The man who had went to to conquer death, hell, and the grave was standing in the tomb with her. The stone had rolled away, but she did not recognize him, it says. And she, in her brokenness, said, Sir, please tell me if you've taken him somewhere. Tell me so I can go take care of him. And Jesus, it says, spoke and said, Mary... And when she, he, she heard her name Mary, the veil was lifted and she saw Jesus standing right in front of her alive. She saw him clothed in his glory. She reached out to touch him. He said, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended. But she was standing in the presence of the glory of God a resurrected Savior. Her eyes now open, the veil's now lifted. Can I submit to you this morning, there's some of you that in your life the stone has been rolled away. Jesus is standing right in front of you and yet you still have not seen it or do not see it. And what Jesus brought you here today to do is to open your eyes so you can finally get it. How much more are you going to have to go through before you get it? How many more things are you going to stand in front of while Jesus is right there saying, I am not going to leave you or forsake you. I am here for you today. I came for you. Some of you think that God isn't so far away from you. I came to tell you today, God is hiding right in front of you. I want you to bow your heads with me. Whew. I tell you, as a, as a man who's been in darkness and stood in that tomb, I want to just tell you today, I know what it's like to have my eyes open I know what it's like to have a veil over my eyes. I know what it's like to be feel like God is a long ways away, only to have God open my eyes and realize he's right in front of me. And I've never felt it any more in my life than I have this morning. See, God's not trying to give you some religious experience. He's trying to introduce you to himself. He didn't just want you to pray a little prayer. He wants you to surrender your life. He wants to show himself to you and unveil the victor. Jesus came forth out of the tomb carrying the keys of death, hell and the grave and said, I'm alive forevermore. Today, are you alive? While you're there, your heads are bowed. Father, I ask that you speak to hearts right here, right now. If that's you today and you say, Pastor Mike, I believe God is trying to show me something. I believe God's trying to do something in my life. I believe God's been hiding right in front of me. And I want, I want him to reveal himself to me. I want him to take hold of my life and change it. If that's you, I want you to stand. This is not a trick. I don't trick people. I'm not here to embarrass people. I'm not here to to cause people to feel awkward or uncomfortable. But I want to know who I'm praying for because I'm going to pray a prayer for you today. And God is going to come out of the shadows. God's going to come out of the darkness. God's going to come out of hiding in your life. And you're going to see him in a whole new way. And if you want that prayer prayed over you, I want you to stand right where you're at. Just stand up. Come on, just quickly stand up. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, what what more would God want to do than just open our eyes and show us what he's all about? He's not trying to bring you into a relationship with this church. This is not about church. This isn't about City Point. You don't need City Point. What you need is Jesus church comes later. I, I, I probably shouldn't say it like that because people think it sounds like you're, you're against the church. How could I be against something I'm a pastor of? But remember, I, I want you to, I'm saying this because I want you to know it's not church that saves you. It's Jesus. It's not church that's going to keep you. It's Jesus. It's not church that's going to change you. It's Jesus. Is this it? Thank you. Thank you all for standing. Now those of you who are standing, I want you to put your hand on your heart. If you're around someone who's standing, you can, you can just gently lay your hand on them if you will. Today, Father, I pray. I pray right now this morning, God, for everyone who's standing in this room. I pray, God, that you will come out of the darkness, come out of the shadows, come out of hiding. And reveal yourself to them. And God, there are those, Lord God, who are sitting here this morning. Who are wrestling in their minds. Even, God, them. I pray the spillover will just hit them, Lord. And that you will get a hold of their lives. Because you're about to take them on an adventure and a journey. That's going to totally transform and change their lives forever. You brought them here today for a reason. And Lord God, it's a glory of God to to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to seek it out. And I pray, God, for seeking hearts to rise up now. God, for hungry hearts. I ask you, God, to just break our hearts. Break our hearts with what breaks yours. So that we will cry out to you. We will cry out to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, do a mighty work by the power of the Holy Spirit. In each and every one of them, I pray in Jesus' name. I'd like everyone to stand with me. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.